the retail business continues to be strong. And we add to that the fact that we've got a, a number of uses that one would have never considered as part of a, a mall tenancy to, to sort of choose from at this point. Welcome to the REIT Report. I'm your host, Sarah borson Quito. Today, I'm pleased to be speaking with Joe Corradino, CEO of Preet, a leading developer and operator of retail and entertainment destinations. Joe, thanks so much for speaking with the REIT Report today. Thank you for having me. So first of all, how would you describe U.S. consumer confidence at mid-year 2022? Has it changed from what you were seeing earlier in the year? And what really are you seeing or anticipating for the next six to 12 months? You know, it's interesting. You know, obviously, we've begun to see, you know, inflation ramp up and gas prices are certainly something that's concerning to, to all of us. Food costs are up. But ironically, we have, you know, we've seen traffic continue to be strong. We've seen our, our sales still outperforming last year. I mean, if we we kind of think about it as... You know, our portfolio is well positioned with traditional stores, dining, entertainment. And I think the customer, the consumer has really, you know, sort of shifted their dollars to experiences, dining, entertainment, fitness, all of which is consistent with the kind of new mall tenancy that we've curated throughout our portfolio. So, so far, so good. As I look forward, again, I think we're we're not bulletproof, that's for sure. No one is. But I think we're well positioned given our our blend of off-price retail, discount, dining, entertainment, fitness. You know, I have a mug in my office that says it's not your grandmother's mall. I think, you know, we've we've adapted to the times. Great. So how would you say the current macro trends are influencing leasing of foot traffic data across your portfolio? Again, you know, the tenants are continuing to expand and have open buys. And part of that is the basket of potential uses that one thinks about for a mall is a lot broader than it was even just pre-COVID and include residential medical facilities, large-scale entertainment, and even beyond that to life sciences and technology. So the retail business continues to be strong. And we add to that the fact that we've got a, a number of uses that one would have never considered as part of a, a mall tenancy to sort of choose from at this point, particularly given the fact our footprint is primarily in the Philadelphia region and the Washington, D.C. region, both of which are, you know, are strong markets and are ones that if a retailer wants to operate in this country, they need to be in Philly and D.C. And then you add to that all of the other tenants that are now part of our, you know, our sort of basket of possibilities. And the the leasing market continues to be strong. So how does Preet go about gauging what customers want as well as who will make a great tenant? How, how do you make those decisions? I kind of liken this to being a, um, a conductor of an orchestra. Uh, <laughs> and, 
you know, you're you're always trying to get the best out of your musicians, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we're trying to get the best out of our retailers. So kind of think about it as a as a merchandising strategy that first and foremost is understand the demographics, you know, and the psychographics of the market that you're in, not just who you're getting, you know, what customers you're getting, but what customers you're not getting. And then to, you know, to begin to sort of mine or farm for those retailers, you know, we've been, we've been quite successful in bringing what I'll call first to portfolio retailers to our properties. Tenants like Rose and Remington, Psycho Bunny, and on and on to our properties, which are, again, first to our portfolio, and in many cases, first to the market. We think, to an extent, our retail mix of tenants are what's you know, driving traffic, driving sales. You know, it's so important to stay out in front of that, even with, even with local and regional retailers. I remember years ago, people would say, if I blindfolded you and flew you to Iowa and took you to a mall, you would think you were in your local mall because they were, they were so homogenized. And I think one of the things that we've seen of late is the introduction of local and regional retailers and digitally native brands coming into, into the mall environment. Again, driving tenancy, making the property unique, unique part of the community. And do you um, offer support to tenants who maybe need some help reimagining their retail concept? I can't stress that enough. I mean, we really see ourselves in a partnership with our tenants. We had a, uh, a food court tenant at one of our properties that personally fell on hard times. They were about to move in and we actually bought their kitchen equipment for them. This was a, a minority business enterprise. We bought their kitchen equipment for them so that they could get open and get back on their feet. Because he had a very unique product, one that we thought was going to be very compelling to our customers. And we, you know, we do everything we can to really help our tenants to succeed. I mean, it goes back to that orchestra leader discussion we had where we're trying to get the best out of every one one of our retailers like you get the best out of every musician you know in the orchestra great so what would you say excites you the most about the mix of tenants that you're seeing in the portfolio today not to be repetitive but it's those local and regional uses it's the digitally native retailers who have really navigated the supply chain issues and those retailers really make the difference at a property. And, and you would also add to that what I'll call exciting new food concepts, be it fast casual or, you know, white tablecloth restaurants. I mean, they're very key. Tenants like Capital Grill, we're, we're pretty excited that we've got Eddie D's opening up at Cherry Hill, the kinds of restaurants that are our destinations and are unique to the market. There's only one other Eddie D's in the Philadelphia region, and that's you know an hour away. So when you when you add digitally native local re, local and regional retailers, restaurants, entertainment, you know Legoland, 
got a Lego land at our Plymouth Meeting Mall, which is we drew a three-hour circle around Philadelphia. You wouldn't hit one. We've got a Lego land opening at Springfield Town Center next year that'll be a go-to tourist destination for the tourists visiting the DC market. Those kinds of uses make a huge difference, are very exciting for us. Great. And can you talk a bit about how Preed is working to reduce debt and evolve its properties into community hubs? Sure. I mean, it really goes back to the fact that, you know, with assets in in Philly and, and D.C. that are well-located and with opportunities to do upwards of 4,000 apartments, medical facilities, life sciences, technology, our ability to attract either buyers or joint venture partners is pretty profound. And it gives us a way to harvest capital and create value in these properties. I mean, some examples are, you know, we recently closed on the sale of land for a developer to build 375 apartments at Morristown Mall. And we we sold a former Sears building at Morristown Mall to Cooper Health System, who's developing that Sears into a 160,000 square foot ambulatory care facility. All of that, it was a way to harvest capital and improve our balance sheet, while at the same time, bringing in retailers and other uses so that we create this sort of one-stop destination where people can live, play, dine, stay, and work. And that gives us the ability to improve our properties and harvest capital to improve our balance sheet. And finally, Joe, as you meet with investors, what are some of the top reasons that you're citing to be optimistic about investing in Preet today? Well, you've got to go back a little bit, realize that you know, we sold all of our unproductive assets in secondary and tertiary markets. As of today, we've sold off about 19 malls, uh, which is about half of our portfolio. You know, one hears about the, the fact that we're over mauled in this country. So we're well positioned in terms of the remaining portfolio. The other thing that we've done is we've replaced coincidentally 19 department stores. So we took unproductive department stores and replaced them with better performing assets, better performing retailers with better credit that are doing more sales and driving more traffic. So the bottom line is the product that we have, we've gotten rid of the unproductive assets, gotten rid of the unproductive department stores and created a a portfolio of high quality assets in high quality markets. And so when we we look at that, we think we're well positioned for the future. I mean, clearly the economy cycles and we think we're really recession ready, if you will. And it's a quite exciting story one that we think is compelling to investors. Joe, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you today. Take care and be well. Bye now. And to our listeners, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe or leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. (laughs) 